Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host for this one, Colby Peterson. Uh, on the show today, we're going to be talking a little bit about some hoops, obviously. So we're going to do a player interview. We got our guy back. We got sophomore forward Dylan Jones to come talk to us a little bit about how the season's going. If we were going to pick our first player interview of the season, you know we were going to go with DJ. So we're going to talk to DJ a little bit about that. Then we're going to talk about last week's games against Cal Baptist and the game at the D against St. Martin's. Then we'll take a preview looking forward to sort of the rest of this week and the beginning of next uh, games, looking at the matchup against Cal Poly down in SLO, and then the matchup against Utah State up in Logan. So uh, stick around for all that. But before we get into it, want to encourage everybody, please subscribe to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. You can also get us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You see some piece of news or something that's interesting, be sure to tag us. We're glad to share that out. And uh, also just, just hit us up, man. We're glad to chat. You can also go to Patreon where you got a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Support us. Really appreciate our patrons that have made it through thus far. Uh, now through football and volleyball season, making our way into hoops. And uh, soon should be looking at some softball. So appreciate our patrons. And if you're interested, go to Weber State Week or patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become a patron. Really support those who have done it. So DJ, let's talk, man. Glad to have you back. I was telling DJ before we hopped on the show, uh, he is the uh, the most appeared, I guess, in international soccer. He's the most capped, right? Hey, man, he's the guy that's appeared on the show the most times. Dylan Jones, welcome back, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. It's always good to have have you on. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, obviously, some changes since the last time we've, we've chatted um, and a new head coach, man. So Coach Duft, obviously getting the getting the, the administration after Coach Ray retired, and uh, but not a guy that you necessarily is new to you. I mean, been sitting on the bench for a long time, and so you've known him. And so, DJ, I wanted to ask you a little bit about like how has the team uh, changed and kind of progressed now that Coach Duft is not just an assistant coach, but he's the head coach. Um, I think it's definitely been different with Duff being a. Um head coach instead of an assistant. Um, but the changes that's been made is just of anything, anything for the better. You know, I like I like to say like when you, you know, dealing with coaches and stuff, you know, you know, these coaches be at these programs for forever, forever. And it's like, it's, ne- it's always a good feeling once you get that first new guy because it's like new blood, new energy. You know, it's always a, a different enthusiasm because it's, it's a new challenge. And um, I think we're recipients of that. And I think we got to be thankful for it because um, just because, you know, being going through that process with them, you know, it's been fun. You know, it's not been perfect. Obviously, the wins hasn't came yet, but, you know, it's been good just because we get to see the process because we know like we were traditionally good in there. You know, we're always going to be good. That's just what the truth is. But it's fun going through the process of like you know, figuring it out and like going through the, the lumps kind of. So, um, it's been different though. Um, Duff's approach, he, he's just, he's been very energetic. Uh, you, he definitely has a high level passion for not just the team, but like Weber and everything, like he wants to be here, you know? And I think, um, we, we can't take that for granted. You know, a lot of like coaches have like a lot of things they got in their back of their mind or places they want to be and stuff. But like, he genuinely like loves being here. You know, he's raised his family here. He's been here for 16 years. So, um, you know, we just thankful to have him. So, um, I think all of that has combined into what he has been as a coach, you know, bringing good energy, um, 
finally got his opportunity. So he's like, you know, he's on us. Like he wants us to be the best. Like, so yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I think it's good points, man. Like you said, coach Duft, he could be in a lot of places and had a lot of opportunities to leave. No doubt, you know, 16 years in this, as an assistant to the winningest coach and not just Weber state history, but also big sky conference history. Uh, no doubt he had offers, but he wanted to stay in Ogden chooses to be at Weber. So grateful to have him grateful for that commitment. And like you said, I mean, he understands what Weber state basketball is all about, man. He knows because right. he's been here, he knows what it's about. And so, uh, he's working through to, to get the, get the team to that level. Mm-hmm, for sure. DJ, I, I want to talk to you also about the roster, man. I mean, you guys have a lot of new faces on the roster this year. And I mean, this is just a function of, of college basketball today. Guys transfer in, uh, maybe play one year. Like uh, we've seen a, a number of those guys. And so now we've got some new faces. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about how the team is gelling, right? Cause anytime, of course you have a new coach, but also new guys, it's going to be some, um, some tooling around and figuring out what guys do best. And so talk to me a little bit about how you guys have been gelling and you know, what you've been doing to kind of get into that system that coach Duft has been trying to implement. Um, I think we gel really well. I think, especially off the court, I think we gel really well. And I think on the court, we gel well as well. It's just a, it's just a process. Um, like you, like when you come here in the summer and you play your pickup games and you do all of that stuff, like that's a, that's a process there. And like, you figure it out and stuff, but you know, when the lights are turned on in November, it's like, it's a, it's honestly just a whole new process. Like those that you can't, like you can practice as much as you want. It's never nothing like the real game, you know? And I think we're just going through that process of, you know, really learning each other still. And, you know, um, and just that, I think it's think that's what the, it's been, but, um, I think our team is gelling well. I think like our camaraderie and our like, um, compatibility with each other hasn't been bad at all. Um, especially being a leader. Like I think, you know, we're really together and I think we really are on the same page when trying to accomplish something. And, um, I think we have the right mindset going as a team right now, while we're taking these lumps, we're not just like hanging our heads or thinking that like, we're not good or something. Like we just knowing that it's a part of the process, you know, we just being mature about the whole situation, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I just think that that comes from up top with our coaches. They keep us level headed. But um, I think as a team, we're we're gelling pretty well. But we just got to take our time. And, you know, in order for us to win a championship, obviously, we got to gel more. And I think it's going to come only with time. You know, we can't rush it, but it's going to come eventually. Yeah, and I mean, it's a good point because obviously the, the, the out of conference schedule has not gone the way that you all had hoped, but it's all a process. And to be honest, it all leads up to, you know, three or four days in Boise. And that's what, that's what matters the most. And so if you guys are clicking at the right moment, that gelling comes along, especially if you guys start to hit your stride in January and February, heading into March. Um, I mean, out of conference doesn't matter at that point, right? Right. Just right. In your conference, win the tournament. Right. DJ, I also wanted to ask you, I mean, so like we said, it's been a little bit of a rough start this year because new guys, new coach, uh, it, that's to be expected, right? That's, that's what happens. And so each week, though, it feels like there's a little bit more progress, a little bit more progress. Like we'll talk about it in the next segment. Uh, that second half of the Cal Baptist game, the shots started to come alive. And especially in the St. Martin's game, it really feels like the team's starting to find its rhythm when it comes to shooting. And so I kind of want to ask you, as a leader on the team, where are you seeing those progressions each week where you feel like we're making some progress each and every week, each and every game, where do you see that progress happening? And, um, what do you hope to, where do you hope it continues? Um, I think what we're seeing in progress is, is our preparation. 
You know, um, I think that our practices are becoming better. I think like um, the way we're preparing, like when it comes to scouting and other teams and learning like what teams are really about and everything like that, I think um, that's becoming really, really good for us. So I just think that that's the that's the main thing. I think we've been preparing really well these last couple games, and I think um, that's where being the beneficiaries of it when you look at the outcomes of these games. Um, and like you said, like um, eventually, like the way like the way it's going to play out in our favor, like for the long run with these shots that's not going in and everything, because like we have really good shooters on the team. Yeah. Like I know me specifically, like I haven't even been shooting it that great, but like. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not like down in the dumps about it. Cause I know like what I've done to work. I know like what I've, the work I've put in, I know everything that I've done to get to this point. So I'm not going to just hang my head or think that it's the end of the world when they're just not going in right now. If anything in my head, if anything in my head, I'm saying, if I'm missing them now, I'm making, I'm making them later. Like if I'm getting my misses now, I know, I'm gonna be red hot eventually, you know, and I know my mix's gonna come. And honestly, I, I would love it that way just because of the time of the season we'll be in, hitting conference play. So um, I just think, like you said, we just gotta stay the course and keep going with it. Yeah. Dan Hubler here in the comments. I'm missing do it all, DJ. Hey, man, at least you're watching on, on Facebook, hanging out in the comments. If you have comments, drop them in the <laughs> chat, man. Glad to shout them out here. No doubt. But, uh, I mean, that's great, man. Cause like you said, it is a process. And even if the shooting isn't quite there, like you just keep putting up your reps and it'll come, man. Like you guys are, you guys are too good to miss all season, right? Like there's too much talent on this roster for that to continue. Eventually it's going to start to click. Eventually you're going to start to hit. And when it does, I mean, especially the three point shooting, when that comes, it's going to just create so many opportunities in terms of spacing that it's going to fundamentally change the game. And you never want to live and die by that three, right? But it does provide a nice spark to the offense and give variety so that a guy like you who is, has a great you know, nose around the basket and always seems to find a way to get a rebound, um, just more opportunities for you and also easy putbacks, right? Yeah. No, for sure. And, and, and today's basketball, like, I mean, that's just, what it, that's just what the game has evolved to. Like, you don't see too many people like beating up each other, backing each other down towards the rim. Like that's not what the game not is. The 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely more free flowing, more athletic. It's more skilled than ever before. Like and shootings at an all time high. So like, we're just, I mean, we're just, you know, we're just doing what we're taught. So. Yeah. DJ, I want to talk a little bit about you specifically, man. I mean, well, before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about, but more about that chemistry that you talked about. I mean, in spite of, like you said, the, the dubs aren't coming quite yet, but all good. It seems like you guys have great chemistry in the locker room, man. That like, even though you guys are working through it, I mean, guys talk to each other on the court. It seems like, you know, in the stuff that gets posted on social media, you guys are hanging out that like you genuinely like playing basketball together and that that's going to pay dividends as the season progresses. Talk to us a little bit about that, man. Like, how did you guys develop that chemistry so quickly? Because like we said, it is a lot of new faces, but uh, also some guys who have been around the program for a little bit, uh, like yourself. And so how have you guys been able to develop that chemistry and stay resilient um, in the face of a little bit of adversity? Um, I think when you're like, when you like bringing in a bunch of new guys, I feel like it's way easier to build team camaraderie kind of because there's not like 
this head honcho sitting here and like, oh, we're going to, this is how we're going to do things. It's like not none of that. Like everyone kind of has to like learn each other again. It's kind of like you starting from the, like the ground, you know, and it's like, it's like organic relationships. Like, you know, it's, it's not like it's 10 people here and then two people come in and then we're, they're just, we're just telling them like exactly what to do. And like, they're not able to even be themselves. You know, I think that's one thing you see us being beneficiaries of is just being able to, you know, uh, having new players, but turning that into a positive and just like letting everybody, you know, showcase themselves or like be themselves, you know, just like, um, not just like boxing them in. That's what I like to call it. Like we don't, we don't put anybody in a box. We just let them be themselves. So I think a lot of that is coming from us having a lot of new players on a team, you know, because if we have a lot of new guys, it's like, like you say, like, it's like a whole nother process of learning people. It's not just like, like a tone set on like how the things are just going to be, you know? So I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, starting from scratch, I mean, a lot of people might see that as a negative as a, as a process of starting over, but in that starting over, it can be, it can actually help things to grow faster because everybody's new, everybody's coming in and it can just go from there. There's nothing, you know, in the past that you have to necessarily deal with. It's just, we're going to go from square one. Right. For sure. DJ, I did want to talk about you now, man. I mean, NIL is a new force in college athletics and it's here to stay. And I feel like of all the student athletes at Weaver State, you've done one of the best jobs at, you know, working with local businesses to promote them. Talk to us a little bit about how you've navigated those waters, man, and built those relationships with business owners and community members to kind of give them a voice and uh, be kind of their champion on social media and help Wildcat fans to know about some of the cool stuff that they're doing. Yeah, um, I think with NIL... Uh, I think I've been just grateful uh, for any opportunity that I've uh, been dealing with. But I think for the main thing, um, like, I think when I when it comes to people that I want to work with, like, I think I want to work with people that kind of have not just only the same vision as me, but kind of like the same, like, motivation to, like, try to, like, get better at things and just try to, like, you know, I, that's why I like doing local businesses, because, like, you know, local businesses, it's not just about like a corporate, it's not just like a corporate chain where like they just got money flowing in. And it's like, they're just, you know, they're sitting on a bunch of money. It's really like, like relationships matter more, you know, different things like are different priorities. So that's why I like doing the things, what I'm doing right now at my local businesses. Um, but at the same time, I just think that, um, like I said, just being able to work with people that have the same mindset, the same vision has been good. Um, and I think that, um, like, I'm just grateful, honestly, because it's crazy. Like the landscape of basketball was so different. Like, and it's just, I don't know. I've just been grateful for the opportunities and stuff that I've been doing. So yeah, it's been good. Nah, man. And I like the local angle. Like you said, you know, finding those businesses that align with your values as, as a player, but then also, you know, using your your position in the community to kind of help and shout them out and give them a chance to let Wildcat fans know about the good stuff that's happening. You know, there were some posts this week that you had made on your Instagram account. I was like, Oh man, when I come to Ogden, I'm going to go to those businesses because they got some stuff that I want. So just shouting out those kinds of cool things that are happening in the community that, that, you know, folks like me who are maybe not as connected because they live a far away or whatever, just helping us know about what's going on, man. Like I appreciate that, that willingness to get in there. The, the main thing is like when I talk to them, like I just let them know, like, like I want to help y'all as much as I want y'all to help me kind of, you know, like I don't just want to just be like sitting back and like 
collecting the check kind of like I just rather like I want to help, you know, because I've I feel because I know how it is, you know, like just to be able to have a face in the community. Like you say, like, I just know how valuable or I think I know how valuable I am here. So um, just being able to, like you say, like I make a post and then, you know, when you come here, you're going to be able to come like that's what it's about, you know. And I just find like I just find joy in that. So, yeah. Well, I like it, man. I mean, and I think that that's one of the nice things about NIL is, you know, there's a lot of talk online about, oh, this is going to ruin college athletics. But I, I think the opposite where like stuff like this can now happen. Businesses can work with you guys and shout out some some really cool stuff. There's a benefit to you guys, obviously, but there's also a benefit to them. Build some of those community ties in a place like Ogden, where previously maybe those didn't happen as much. So I'm for it, man. I like the work you're doing. Thank you. Um, another thing I want to talk about is some other work that you're doing off the, the, the court, man, is you've been really a part of leadership with the SAAC, um, which is like the student athletes, um, leadership group on campus. Uh, what drove you to get more involved there, man? And kind of what did you find that has been the most rewarding about your involvement with that group? Um, I think that has been like a good experience just to like be able to say that, like, you have a voice, you know, I think that sometimes in like athletics, especially as being athletes, especially before NIL and all of that, like we were kind of just like, you just feel like you're just like going to practice and like you're doing whatever, like you're being asked and like, I don't know, you just get it kind of get caught up in just the, the free flowing process of just college athletics and being in SAC, it just helps me. Like, it makes me feel like I have a voice and like you have an opinion and like you're able to not only do that, you can, communicate with different athletes because there's like a lot of athletes from each team there um i think it's been good man um just like the things we were doing like we, we do things in community service like it helps that like it brings me joy in that way um we do things obviously on social media um it's just been a lot of different avenues that uh that's been created throughout sac that we're like as not just me but like as other athletes we're taking advantage of just because we just want to like, I call it like filling my cup, you know, like kind of just like if I'm going to be good on the court, I know it's not just because of the court. Like it's going to be because of the things I do outside, you know, whether that's, I don't know, like going to speak to some kids or something or just helping sack vote on something, you know, it's just something that I like to call like just filling my cup, you know, that's what I find joy in doing with sack. So it's been good though. It's been good. I've been in it for three years and I, I like it. Yeah. And I mean, and in addition to that, you know, before we moved to Nashville, you know, you guys would show up to other sports, you know, be yep. out there to support volleyball or show up to softball or whatever. You know, you guys are out there and they're showing up for you. I love that symbiosis between the programs, right? Where it's like everyone's a wildcat. We're all here to support each other and get loud. And um, everybody wants to win championships, you know? Yeah. One, one of the biggest things I took from it as well is like. I know people around here be trying to call like my teammates joke and try to call me like big time and stuff. And I don't, I don't think I am, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> so they, so they just joke with that stuff. And I, I like to do stuff like sack because like people like might just be like, I don't feel like doing this, but like I, I use it as like a leadership tool or somehow to be like lead by example and just showing people like it's nothing to just go and give your time to like this, this easy cause, you know, just to be able to say you're helping and like doing things like that. You know, like I don't, I like to do it cause I don't want to feel like I'm above something, you know, like I did in my freshman year when nobody, I don't, when nobody definitely didn't know me. And like, I know I've kind of like 
gain more of a name now. And I'd like to still do those things just because I think that, like I said, like my teammates now, like the freshmen, they can't say that I'm just at home and they'll never see me and doing all like, you know, like I like to show my face. Cause like, I don't want people to feel like they're too big for anything, you know? So I, if I feel like that, I got to like show that example. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dan Hubler here in the comments, always at the women's basketball games when they're in town, fun to hear the commentary and the games in real time. I mean, obviously you guys playing the same game. So, you know, know a lot about what's going on. Nah, yeah, for sure. Dan be right there with me. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's in the crowd. I think Dan's got floor seats, man. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's next level <laughs> for sure. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about DJ is about um, formula zero, which is um, Dame's, uh, camp that he put together. I think this was the first season of formula zero this summer. And uh, you were one of the, the student athletes from across the country that got selected to go and get some, some training and some, I think it was more than just like physical stuff. It was also mental stuff, you know, mindset and all of that kind of stuff that Dame and coach Beckner were kind of helping you guys through. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, man. Like, what did you learn? Like, what were some of the things that you took away from formula zero that you were able to bring back to Ogden and kind of, use yourself, but also, you know, maybe help your teammates as well. Yeah. Um, Formula Zero was definitely a, a, an experience that like, I'm super grateful for, but like, you can't take it lightly. Cause like not so many people, like, it was only 20 college kids there. Like, you know, and, yeah. you know, I got in uh, by the grace of God. So um, I think I told people like from my time at the camp, like, the basket on the court obviously was good. Like we got, we got better, like good on the court work, obviously. But I, 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 and I don't think it's a shot, but like, I think that I learned more off the court than on the court. And I think people that's around like Dame and stuff, like they would, they would probably, like a lot of people at camp would probably say the same thing. Like the stuff that you learn, basically like, like he said, like in his interviews, like I'm not the the fastest, I'm not the tallest, like I'm not the the most talented, but like there's not many people like more mental, like mentally sharper than me. And like being there, you like was able to see like, it was kind of like, it was crazy like to see like how like Sharpie is like you, he's a, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like he's a, he's a mental like warrior. I like to call him. Like he just, nothing can phase him. And like you, when you hear him talk, like you hear why, like the way his mind like ticks, like it was crazy. So I like to, I tell people I learned a lot more off the court than I did on the court, whether that was, you know, uh, Bible lessons with Courtney Ingram or like learning, uh, getting uh, mental talks from Trent Shelton or just, having scout talks with Matt Babcock. Like I learned a lot off the court, you know, and it helped me with my mind. So like I, the stuff that I learned, like the mental um, tools and tips that I learned to like really help me go. I think like, I can't like take that for granted. Like, you know, cause I know a lot of people don't have them same tips and I shared it with my, I share them with my teammates. Like it was so many things I learned like off the court. That's what I lo love to tell people. Like I learned so much off the court and on the court at that camp. Like it was good. Like in the on the court wise, like I was able to go against a lot of these players that they claim are like so good. You know, I was able to like actually like be on the court with them, feel them, touch them, you know, see how I stack up against them. So I was able to gain confidence in that because I felt like I played to a level where at least I felt like like I belonged there. You know, I didn't it, I wasn't out there and like like oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. You know, like I actually felt like. Um, I played to a level that, you know, shows that I can play at with all of those guys. So 
um, that was good on the court, but off the court, man, I just learned so much. So, yeah. And I think that what you is true. I mean, if you've been a Wildcat fan for all, any any period of time, or you've heard stories about Dame and his time at Weber State, you know, like when when he had the the injury and he was out for the season, spent his time mentally, you know, shooting free throws or like doing the things that he could to get himself better, even though he was hurt. And then when he came back, came back with a vengeance, right? And so just those kinds of things sharing with you guys got to be worth their weight in gold, man. No, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Any and if you look like any player that was there, like they're probably having their best year right now, you know, just from like all the stuff they learned, you know, like I, I haven't even like checked up on like a bunch of guys, but I can only imagine like because I see some of the guys now like Chris Murray, Caleb Love, like they're having like really good years. And I can only think like because we still do uh, monthly Zoom calls now with Formula Zero. Like it wasn't just a camp. Like we still do monthly Zoom calls with all the coaches we still have dialogue with them. Like we still like, it's actually like they call it the community and it actually is, you know, we still like get texts from everybody. Like, so like, like, so we're still in tap and we keep those emotions flowing, like until we able to go again, the camp next next year. And, you know, like I would bet if you go look at seeing everybody at the camp, they're having their best year. Yeah. I mean, I would say probably you included. I mean, your numbers so far this season have been really good leading the clubhouse showing up in a lot of big games, a preseason, um, all big sky team member. The only, only six guys get picked to that, that team. Dylan Jones from Weber state was one. Right. For sure, man. (laughs) Well, DJ want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us, man. Talk a little bit about, you know, what's been going on in the clubhouse this season. Also, you know, kind of some of the cool things that you've been able to do uh, in the past year, since we talked to you last, wish you the best of luck. Uh, Got some tough couple of matchups coming in this week. And then, Conference play starts, man. So wish you the best of luck. We'll be cheering you on. I'll probably be in the building for some of those, man. <laughs> but uh, out and always go Wildcats, man. Thank you, Dylan Jones. Not for sure. Appreciate you. We'll see you, man. Yep. Want to thank Dylan Jones one more time for chatting with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, we know the student athletes are always really busy. They always, you know, they're they're trying to train. I mean, obviously it's he's in the middle of the season right now for DJ plus, you know, he's a student, man. He's taking classes, doing the stuff. And so taking a little bit of time to hang out with us and chat, always good, always appreciate it. And so hope you folks enjoyed it as well. But now let's, uh, let's take a look at last week's matchups uh, before we turn our attention to the future. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game against Cal Baptist, and then we'll talk about the, the game against St. Martin's in Ogden on Saturday. So starting out with the game against Cal Baptist, um, I felt like this was a game of two halves, right? Where the first half uh, was a tough shooting half. We know that there are talented shooters, uh, but they just weren't able to get it going in this one. And so that first half, it paper, you're like, oh man, like this must not have, have gone well at all. But I think that there's there's more to play. And I, and I honestly don't think that it was necessarily anything that Cal Baptist was doing. I think it was just a rough shooting night for the Wildcats overall. Because when I'm watching, the looks are good. They're just not going in. And like we just talked about with DJ, you know, when you're going through that process and you're getting comfortable and you're trying to get into that rhythm, sometimes you'll have games like that. There have been a number already this season. And so they're working through. It's just a process. Shoot or shoot. And so it felt like that was where they were struggling. The offense really didn't get going until the second half. But that first half, only 15 points, um, you know, and 
Cal Baptist, they scored 31. So it wasn't like an overwhelming number, but just a slow shooting half for the Wildcats. They go just seven of 24 from the floor, uh, one of nine from three, which you knew wasn't going to hold. And they didn't get a single free throw in that, which is un- uncharacteristic of team because they've been not only a good team at drawing those fouls, but also a good free throw shooting team. One of the best in the country. If you watch the broadcast from Saturday uh, and heard the, the crew talk a little bit about that, a team that shoots the, shoots the free throw well, which I think just shows that this team takes this seriously, that they control their controllables, which is, hey, man, you put the ball in the hoop when you're when you're asked to. So obviously the first half, a little bit rough, but second half comes out and things are changed. Wildcats end up shooting 42.31% in the second half. They go 11 of 26 from the floor. They shoot 4 of 12 from three. That's 33%. That's respectable. And they get 11, they get 12 free throws and they go 11 of 12 from the line. It's a fundamental difference from the first half where things weren't going their way. And so I look at this game and I'm like, man, yes, the Wildcats did lose 64 to 52, but marked progress from the first half to the second half. And one thing I'm also noticing is that the bench is really showing up for the Wildcats. They got 15 bench points in this one. And some guys had off shooting nights. You know, I think Zaire Porter has had a really good season thus far. He had a rough night 0 for 6 when he was 0 for 3 from the the three-point line. But he was 6 of 6 from the free point, from, from the free throw line. So you look at that and say, yeah, shots weren't necessarily going in or he's getting fouled on some of those. But when he has his opportunities from the free throw line, he's making them right. So it just shows his his maturity now, because I think Zaire now he's been with the Wildcats. This will be his third season in a Wildcat uniform, obviously getting the extra season um, with the COVID year. But Porter continues to make progress, I think. And also, he's I think he's more healthy than he was last season. I think last year his health kind of dogged him. It was a little bit tough on him. But overall, uh, it feels like he's healthy. And he's, he's contributing. And so like we just talked about with DJ, it's a process going to go through some of this stuff, going to, going to do our best to, to work through and gel and the shot. Uh, another, another thing that I think is really a, a nice thing to point out is that KJ Cunningham getting a lot more playing time this season, which is something I like to see. Cause you know, the hoop King has been at Weber state now for a while, um, has, has played behind some really good guards and now he's getting his opportunity to play Had 22 minutes in this one. Um, Ended up going one of four from the free throw line, or I mean, from the field. But overall, getting those minutes, getting his opportunity to really play, and uh, it's something you love to see as as a guy who's you know paid his dues at Weber State. Uh, not a, you know, obviously probably had plenty of opportunity to transfer out, but chose to stay in Ogden, continue to play for Coach Ray, and now for Coach Duft, and uh, getting his opportunity with 22 minutes in this one and, and more in the next one. So love to see it. Uh, Dylan Jones in this one, I mean, he's the MVP 36 minutes, but he scores 22 points in those 36 minutes goes five of six from the free throw line, three of five from the three point line, uh, and seven of 13 from the field. Uh, also five rebounds to go with that and four steals. I mean, you know, if Dylan Jones is on the court, he's going to get steals far and away. The most steals by the wildcats on the night. Dylan has four. Nobody else has more than one. So just active hands continue to be there, create those turnovers and give them opportunities. It feels like, especially in transition, because it feels like with the Wildcats, the offense not working the way that they had hoped, when they can create those transition opportunities, it gives them a chance to get some confidence and obviously get some points on the board because it's much easier to score in transition. And I think that this Wildcat transition game is pretty good. There are guys who understand how to share the ball and they do it well. And when the game is you know quick and they're, and they're running back to get their opportunity. So 
Nice to see four steals. I think we'll continue to see it. It's been a hallmark of DJ's game. Uh, that's why we call him do it all DJ. It's one of these reasons. And so 22 points in this one and uh, a, a nice, a nice outing overall. So, I mean, I could talk about more. The one thing that I was going to say is, I mean, it really in this game uh, because Cal Baptist is a good team, but this was a winnable game for the Wildcats. Uh, the difference was Scotty Washington on on the Cal Baptist side. He comes off the bench and he ends up in 17 minutes. He scores 18 points, goes seven of 10 from the floor, three of four from three point land. I mean, a guy who doesn't normally obviously average 18 points coming off the bench, but just he got hot. And that was the difference for for Cal Baptist because nobody else, none of the other Lancers were in double digits, just Scotty Washington. So had himself a game. Um, this was the first matchup ever between the Wildcats and the Cal Baptist Lancers. So, um, had himself a career game in the first matchup between these two teams, uh, and, and they come away with a W, but uh, overall I like the defensive performance. Cause like I said, I look at this and I go, okay, nobody else scores in double digits. And you can say, well, yeah, but you have enough sixes and fours Colby to add it up. Yeah, sure. But 64 points. I mean, Cal Baptist didn't shoot the lights out in the first half either. They just scored well enough. They shot 39% from the field. They shot 16% from three. And so it's two of 12. It's not like they're ripping through the nets. Second half, obviously their, their offense picks up a little bit. They go 13 of 26 and they shoot five of 12 from three point land. Uh, I mean, and obviously some of that, some of that contribution coming from Scotty Washington going three of four, but they weren't, I don't know. It just wasn't like I give the wildcat defense credit because they made it difficult. The challenge was just so many guys came in and made small contributions. A couple of guys made a bucket, a couple of guys made a bucket and all of those couple of guys made a bucket adds up to 62 and gives the Lancers the win. 64, my bad. It adds up to 64 and that's what it is. But overall, I like the defensive performance from the Wildcats. Uh, they, they did get out rebounded, but I mean, just a matter of position. We've talked about how size could be a, a problem in the front court for the Wildcats this season, but um, it's a lot of young guys in the front court. They're learning. And so there may be tough games like there was against Tanner Christensen, uh, you know, a week or and a half ago or so. Uh, those games will happen, but it's a learning process. The front court is really, really young. And so that's what's going to happen. You're going to have games like that, but every time they do, they're going to learn. So that's uh, that's Cal Baptist. So now let's talk a little bit about St. Martin's because the Wildcats were back at the Purple Palace. And um, you love to see it. Nice, nice having them back home. And they faced D2 St. Martin's who came into this one. I think they had only lost one game. So uh, a quality D2 team coming to the Purple Palace to face the Wildcats who having a hard time finding W's right now. It's a learning process. And um, this one was, I think, a, a good game where they kind of broke things open. So pulling up the stat sheet on this one against the St. Martins. Oh, actually, I should have looked up what their mascot was. Oh, man, my bad, guys. I should have looked up what St. Martins mascot was. <laughs> Some kind of Trojan, it looks like. But anyway, so in this one, Wildcat, I really felt like the offense really started cooking this one. And I think that's a good sign because now what we've seen is we've seen, I mean, a little bit of a tough shooting first half but better than what we saw against the Lancers and then a great uh, second half shooting the ball. So in this one, come out a little bit slow, but the Wildcats come in 
Oh, sorry, my bad. Wildcats shoot 42% in the first half, 52% from three. So it's like now we've seen a half of basketball against Cal Baptist where they shot well, and we've seen two halves of basketball where they've shot well. And so I think it's just a good... Uh, okay, I got a note right here. They are the Saints, the St. Martin Saints. So appreciate the assist there from, from Dan Hubler. <laughs> appreciate you, man. But we've now seen three halves in a row where the Wildcat offense has really started to produce. And I think that that's a good sign as we go into, I mean, the next couple of weeks are going to be tough folks. There are some tough teams coming up on this out of conference schedule as the Wildcats wrap it up and get ready to start conference play after Christmas. But if, if we're looking at trends, like I said, now we've seen three halves in a row where the Wildcats have shot 40% or better from the field. So in the first half, Wildcats shoot 42%, go 12 of 28 from the field. They shoot 52% from three, which I think is the thing that they were sort of waiting for to break through. This was the game where the breakthrough came. Nine of 17 from the field, from three-point land in the first half. Then second half, they go three of seven, shoot 42%, and they shoot 59% in the second half from the field. So that, that puts them overall 50% and 50% from three for the night. Uh, you love to see it because I think with shooting, it's all about rhythm and it's all about confidence. And I think a game like this gives the Wildcats a lot of confidence going into the next couple of weeks where you're going to face a tough Cal Poly team who we'll talk about in just a minute. You're going to face a tough Utah State team who is now undefeated. And Utah State has played some tough teams already. I mean, and they've, I think they're, uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but I think their average margin of victory is like 13.5. So, Nearly every team that they've beaten, they've beaten by double digits and they've played some quality squads. But a game like this where the Wildcats can get that offense going and gain some confidence, I think it's going to pay dividends, especially as they work through these final two weeks of out of conference, plus adding the beginning of the, the conference schedule, which has Northern Colorado coming to Ogden right out of the gate. And if you haven't been following the Big Sky standings, Northern Colorado, a quality team again this year. I mean, they played in the Big Sky Conference Tournament final last year did not play the Wildcats or did not play the Bobcats as well as Weber state did in the semifinal opinion was the real conference championship. Uh, bears got blown out in the championship game. It wasn't close, but still a quality squad uh, returning quite a few guys, including Dalen Koontz, who was a great player for them last year, a scoring machine returning to Greeley to continue that trend. Uh, and they've been good, but we'll talk about them in, in a little while, but overall going back to the St. Uh, the St. Martin saints game, I think we, we, we like to see this confidence in the offense. And especially, I think, from Steve Verplanken and J.R. Ballard. Now, Steve Verplanken has had quite a few good games. Uh, J.R. Ballard has had, uh, I think, a rough start. We know he's a good shooter. Had you know had a really nice career at Fresno State before coming to Ogden. And uh, this was a great night for him to break out. I mean, J.R. ends up going in this one. I mean, he, does, he, he doesn't start the game. But he, he comes off the bench, gets 22 minutes, goes three of four from three, five of six from from the field, uh, chips in a, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of free throws. You know what I mean? Just like all of those things added together. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, just overall puts together a nice night, 15 points off the bench in 22 minutes. Uh, it's it's that kind of performance I think that the Wildcats have been looking for. Because if you can get two, three, maybe four guys in double figures, you're going to be in, in any game against almost anybody. So Steve Plankin has been doing that. I mean, led all scores with 21 points. And this one was six of 11 from the field, five of seven from three. So Steve absolutely shooting the lights out in this one. It was four of four from the free throw line. Did a great job. And I think that, 
that's the kind of thing you want to see. So Steve now starting to cook. DJ has been cooking the entire season, has you know consistently been a contributor on both sides of the floor, not just rebounding, but also scoring. And like we talked about earlier, uh, causing turnovers, which DJ has always been really good at. And then we see the contributions of J.R. Ballard coming off the bench. Um, I think it's a good, good recipe, especially for the team's confidence going into these final a couple of weeks um now though was that um turnovers have been a little bit of an issue and i kind of i was thinking about this and i was like okay turnovers what does this mean for this wildcats team and i think the more i think about it and the more basketball i watch with them i think it's mostly a function of the team getting to know each other like dj said new faces everybody's still learning each other's game learning where they're going to be where their spots are supposed to be all of those kinds of things and so i think that um it's, it's just a function of that. So if you look at the St. Martin's game, turnovers in this one weren't necessarily... I mean, 17 is a high number for them. Uh, I think in the, in the previous game against Cal Baptist, they had 12. So 17 turnovers, but in this, in this case, they had the ability to kind of play a little bit more loosely with the ball because they were leading by so many points throughout. Uh, and so, you know, the Wildcats end up winning this one 82 to 58. So an opportunity to kind of try some things when you're trying things, you know, obviously you're going to make mistakes. So 17 turnovers, which I wouldn't be super worried about. Um, but over time you would hope to see that number kind of trend downward as the team gets more confident, gets more chemistry on the court playing with each other. We talked about how they already have good chemistry off the court. It seems like it's a group of guys that like each other. They like to play with each other. It's just a matter of learning each other's game and, if they can continue that trend, bring the turnovers down, get the offense going. The Wildcats are going to be ready for Boise when the time comes. So that's kind of the last week's game, a split, obviously losing to Cal Baptist on the road, but then getting the win against uh, the St. Martin's saints at the purple palace. Uh, if you were able to go, hope you enjoyed the game. Um, but yeah. Can't ask for more than that right now. And so split is good. So now let's take our attention to this week's coming up games. Um, a couple of games on the road, one down at Cal Poly is who um, Dyson Kohler's former team. And then also taking the trip up to Logan this year, Utah state came to Ogden last year. So it's now our turn to go to Logan. And um, so they'll, they'll face Utah state in the Smith spectrum on Monday next week, which we should say is going to have an effect on our show because we're not going to broadcast during during the game, right? And so, and then, and then after that, the women play on Tuesday against the University of Utah at the Purple Palace, which is a game that you all should go to. I will be in the building for that that game that night. And so, if you want to come hang out, hey, let's go see the Utes take on the Wildcats at the Purple Palace. I think it's a good get. It's a nice schedule for Coach V and her team. And so, let's get out there and support them. But because of that, men playing on Monday night, women playing on Tuesday night, we probably won't do our men's hoops and women's hoop shows until Wednesday night next week. And so just, just kind of for you folks to be aware, if you're listening that uh, get, the show will be a little bit delayed next week, but it's because of the out of conference schedule and just kind of the way things shake out because we don't want to be broadcasting during the game. We want you to go to the game or we want you to watch the game. We don't want to listen to us talk about the game. So just a little preview for the upcoming schedule, but let's talk a little bit about Cal Poly. Um, the engine of Cal Poly's offense is their senior forward at forward slash center, uh, Alimami Koroma. And uh, this guy has really made an impact for them. He's, he's averaging 13.1 points per game. 
but man, he's had some really good games against Cal Baptist in Idaho, you know, a Cal Baptist team that we just saw. And so there he, he played really well. And I think that for him, size is the key piece because some of his stats, you look at it, it's like, man, he's, he's doing a really great job of scoring. And also he shoots free throws really, really well. So that tells you he's getting fouled. He's getting to the line and that's where he likes to make a lot of his money. Talked about some of the front court issues. I think this is a good challenge for this young front court to deal with. A I mean, he's a senior this year. And so that's going to play a role. And um, I think this is a good challenge for them to play a quality opponent and just see how they can grow. And then I think also defending the paint is probably going to be a key because if you can keep him off of his spots away from the basket, um, probably going to have a good a good opportunity to slow down this Cal Pal, this Cal Poly offense and give yourselves a chance. Also want to talk a little bit about the Mustang backcourt. Uh, it's led by senior guard Trevin Taylor and junior guard Brantley Stevenson, who's now just he's kind of made a name for himself. And now he's kind of picking things up and uh, has, has started, uh, I think, the last four games for them. And so Stevenson, well, let's, start, let's start with Trevin. Uh, let's start with Brantley Stevenson, who's the junior. Uh, his his shooting numbers are, are pretty crazy. So right now he's shooting 50% from two, 40% from three. So this is a guy I think that they're going to have to provide some extra attention to on the perimeter because obviously he can shoot the three. So you have to respect that. He's shooting it at a high clip at uh, 40%, but then also um, he can he can get to the, to the basket. So probably going to be a tough player, but it is a guard-driven league. And so I think this is a good challenge for the guards because these are the kind of guards that you're going to see in the Big Sky Conference. We always have great guards and this season will be no exception. So having a, a challenge like these two, both Taylor and Stevenson should be a nice preview for what's to come. Uh, talking a little bit about Taylor. He's a player who averages, he leads the team in rebounding. And so not only is he a guard, I think he's six, six as a guard, but he leads the team in rebounding. That kind of tells you what he likes to do a guy who likes to charge in. I mean, cause they have Ali Mami Kurama who is, I mean, not a small player, folks, <laughs> and, but but Trevin Taylor is the one in leading the team in rebounds. So it just kind of shows how active I think that this team is on offense and crashing the board. So something to watch for against Cal Poly in the coming week. But um, yeah, I think that uh, this game is an interesting one because Cal Poly is a team that I don't think we see very often. We obviously see them fairly often in football, but when it comes to basketball, not as much. I think it's a good opponent because they're a good team. They always seem to have a good team. And so it's the kind of opponent that I think the Wildcats like to schedule because it is a challenge. And um, we'll just kind of see how it happens and how things go. Then um, following that game, so Cal Poly is going to be on Friday, December 16th. But then Monday, December 19th, the Wildcats face Utah State. Utah State right now is a different kind of animal. Utah State's coming in undefeated, I think 8-0, and they have some quality wins under their belt. Um, so I did a little bit of digging, like, all right, what is Utah State about this season? Because they had some key contributors last year who have gone, moved on. And this year, it's all about junior guard Stephen Ashworth. I mean, this guy, he's going to command a lot of attention, I think, defensively, because he leads the team in scoring with 18.6 points a game. But he does a really good job of passing the ball around to his, to his teammates. He averages 4.7 assists a game. So he's averaging almost five assists a game. So he's a guy who I think probably draws a lot of the attention because he likes to get in the paint and and th th they'll the defense will collapse on him. And then he's a person who likes to kick out, provide you know guys who are moving off ball. So I think it's something that the, the Wildcat defense is going to have to watch for. I haven't watched the Aggies play yet this season, but based on some of the numbers, 
uh, something you're going to have to watch for. Um, so I, I wondered, is it, is it the kind of thing where you double him and dare somebody else to beat you? Because he also shoots 55% from three and 54, uh, 55% from two and 54% from three. So not only is he a dead eye, he's a great shooter from three, three point line. He also shoots a high percentage inside the arc and can facilitate just a, just a difficult guard, I think to, to deal with another Taylor, uh, another player to keep your mind or on your eyes on is senior forward, Taylor funk. Um, this guy is, I think he's more in the model of what the, what the, the modern big in the NBA is. I mean, he's a guy who can spread the floor. He shoots 46% from three, but he also likes to crash the glass. He averages 8.8 boards a game. Combine that with his his size and Ashworth's shooting, I think it might be might be difficult to to stop both at the same time. You know, like we said, if you can let one guy go off but stop everybody else, you probably have a chance of winning. Uh, but they have a couple of guys here who can really really cause problems, and so uh, it's going to be a tall order, I think. And I don't know what the secret sauce is to slowing their offense down because that is the name of the game for Utah State. They have an absolutely explosive offense. That's what they like to do defensively. I'd say they're average to above average. They, they allow 72 points, 72.5 points a game. So it's kind of high. They're they're what they're giving up, but they average 86 points themselves and they've played quality opponents this season so far. So it's not like they're just beating up on bad D two schools or something like that. Um, they're a team that can shoot the ball really well. Their offense really hums. And so they haven't scored less than 75 in a game all season and they're undefeated. So, in order to give themselves a chance, I think the Wildcats really need to make sure that the offense um, keeps up uh, because that's what Utah State likes to do. They like to just bury you in points. And if they're giving up an average of 72.5, I think there will be opportunities for the Wildcats to gain some confidence. Uh, but the game is at Smith Spectrum. It's a difficult place to play basketball. And so we'll see how it shakes out. But um, if, if the Wildcats are going to be in this, they're going to need to do their best to create possessions for themselves. And so that means crashing the boards. But then also, they're going to need to run the offense fairly well. And that probably means a good three point shooting night from the likes of Steve Replankin, Dylan Jones, um, J.R. Ballard, and uh, probably Zaire Porter as well. If those four guys can get going behind the arc, it's really going to create, I think, a lot of space for the offense. Uh, but we'll have to see because, I mean, we're talking, we're asking four guys to have good shooting nights. Could be tough, but the defense from Utah State, you know, giving up 72.5 points a game leads me to believe that there will be opportunities offensively for the Wildcats, which will be critical to keeping them in this game. So that's Utah State. Um, let's look at the upcoming schedule, talk a little bit about when these games will be. So Friday, December 16th, the game will be at Cal Poly down in San Luis Obispo. That'll be 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, you can get that game on ESPN Plus or 103.1 The Wave. Then Monday, December 19th, Wildcats take the trip up to Logan, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can get tickets at utahstateaggies.com or you can watch it on the Mountain West Network, which is free on the internet. You can get it there. Uh, that's how we, if you folks remember the Utah State football game earlier in the season, that's how we watched that. If you weren't able to go to Logan or Steve Clock, you will be on the radio, 1031 The Wave. Then Thursday, December 22nd, uh, Wildcats take the trip down to Provo to face BYU. Uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time tickets at tickets.byu.edu. Game will also be on BYU TV, which is a free app that you can download to watch that game. And of course, Steve Clark, you would be on the radio, 103 won the wave. Um, BYU is a team who has faltered a little bit this season. They're still a good team. Uh, you know, a Mark Pope coach team is always going to be good. Um, but if the Wildcats are going to have a chance to steal one, uh, this might be the year down in Provo because the Wildcats have not looked their dominant selves. 
but it's going to take a lot. The Wildcats are going to have to figure some things out really, really quickly in order to be competitive. So we'll see how it goes. Then the Christmas break and the Wildcats return Thursday, December 29th with a homestand. Uh, three home games in a row. First will be uh, against Northern Colorado. Like I said, the open conference play 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets. WeaverStateSports.com. ESPN Plus if you're out of market. Let's, like I won't be because I'm going to be in Utah. And you can get it on the radio. 103.1 The Wave. Then Saturday, December 31st against Northern Arizona. This is a, an afternoon game. 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Same. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. ESPN Plus. 103.1 The Wave. And then the following week, just one game, Saturday, January 7th, the Stripes come down to Ogden to face the Wildcats, Idaho State, 7 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, tickets at WeaverStateSports.com, ESPN Plus, or 103.1 The Wave. So that's the upcoming schedule for the Wildcats. Um, a lot of tough games, like we said, Cal Poly, Utah State, and BYU, all tough opponents to, to close out the non-conference schedule, but good tests going into the conference schedule, uh, starting off with a, a tough Northern Colorado team, but uh, very beatable Northern Arizona and Idaho State teams if they can get their uh, offense running. So we'll wrap up the show. Email us, WeaverStateWeekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and then uh, the blog. Uh, we're working on a... Um, we just wanted to gather some of our panel's thoughts on the Jay Hill move down to BYU. Remember some of our favorite moments of the Jay Hill era. So we'll be putting those together and we'll be posting them to the blog this week. Um, but really uh, appreciate Coach Hill's time at Weber State, always gonna always gonna remember the J Hill era fondly, but we'll be preparing that for you folks coming to the blog soon. Um, flying this one solo, so I'll wrap it up like I always do, man. Weber State, Weber State, great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Cats.